Welcome to the Smart Connector, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs be the leader their ideal people love. Build your influence, wealth and success, attract others for all the right reasons and become a Smart Connector, the architect of your amazing business and life. We're live on the Smart Connector group and also the Smart Connector podcast. I've got a wonderful guest for you tonight, Akhtar Khan. Welcome, Akhtar. Hi, Jane. Thanks for having me on. Great to be here. It's great to have you here, Akhtar. Now, Akhtar and I have known each other for a few years. And Akhtar, uh, he has a business called Reaching Excellence. He's a, um, a reaching excellence coach and mentor who helps entrepreneurs in property and other sectors be the very best versions of themselves, which is something that is a topic that's very close to my own heart. So in the interview tonight, we're going to go uh, do a deep dive on what reaching excellence actually is. And we're going to find out a little bit more about Akhtar and about how he came to be sitting in front of you all tonight, um, being this reaching excellence um, guide and mentor. And so, Akhtar, over to you. Um, what exactly is Reaching Excellence? Thank you, Jane. Well, Reaching Excellence really is about having an attitude and uh, I guess the mindset as well as the skill set of becoming the best version of yourself. And um, it's not just really about entrepreneurship. This is about being the best version of yourself so you can live your best life in all contexts. So it's about you know, having your business the way you want to have it, having your career the way you want to have it, having your relationships, uh, parenting, everything so we can reach, reach excellence, we can live our best life. Um, I know through, I guess, my own personal experiences, there's been times where I've had, um, I guess, what a lot of people and lots of, a lot of people in society deem is success. And I was, you know, from a material point of view, I was very successful, but spiritually and emotionally I was very very poor and my life wasn't completely balanced so um, some personal experiences made me kind of reevaluate evaluate life and that's what really made me realize you have to really get to a point where you're living your best life in all contexts all values of your life so that's really where I guess reaching excellence came from it's just part of my own personal journey really yeah and of course it's often very difficult for people to achieve that balance isn't it because We've all been in a situation where things are perhaps going incredibly well professionally, but falling apart personally or vice versa. That's very, very common because when we're putting energy into one area, then we're perhaps taking our eye off the ball in others. And you know that is something that uh, I've certainly experienced and I'm sure a lot of, a lot of our viewers and listeners have as well. So how do you actually maintain uh, focus across all of those different areas of your life and, men well, work towards maintaining excellence in, in all of them? What's the trick or secret? Yeah, good, good question. So let, let's start off with what you said, you know, initially, which is how do you maintain balance? Well, let me tell you first off, I have, through bitter experience, been very unbalanced. I was a very successful property entrepreneur. I was making more money than, you know, I could spend. Uh, I was kind of riding the crest of a wave, but it came at a price. You know, it cost me a relationship. It cost me time with my kids. Uh, you know, I thought I was doing what I should have been doing, which is going out there hustling, doing deals. You know, we kind of taught as entrepreneurs that we should be out there like hammering, you know, going out there hammering tongs, doing stuff, chasing wealth, chasing money. 
Um, but really, what are we chasing? We're actually looking for happiness, but we can get so out of balance at times. So for me personally, it was the cost. The cost for me was cost. You know, it was a relationship breakup and then becoming a single parent. And you know, when you go through a relationship breakup, you know, it's not just the pain of the breakup, but you have that shattered dream of what you were hoping your family would be like. And then you had all the, you know, I had all the fears of, oh, I'm now going to be a part-time dad. I have two young daughters. You know, my kids were very young at the time. They were like one and a half and five. And, you know, this whole uh, life I was trying to build for me and my family, the, the whole thing just shattered. And I remember being in such pain around this whole situation that I remember thinking, look, I've, I've really screwed up here. Um, I was so totally out of balance. And my ex-partner told me, but I just wouldn't listen at the time because I was so caught up in the narrative and the belief system of entrepreneurs. So sometimes you have to crash and burn. And it's through those painful experiences, you go through what's called post-traumatic growth. You know, you have this traumatic experience, you have this kind of big realization, life, the universe humbles you, and then you kind of readdress things. Now, fortunately for me, I was in quite a fortunate position. I was able to take some time off. I retired for four years. I built a successful portfolio and I spent that time nurturing the relationship with my children. So I kind of became a, a, a I guess a, a full-time dad when I had my kids. So I swapped a briefcase with property contracts and, and uh, you know, documents and so forth that I used to have with me when I used to go out and sign up people for deals to like a nappy changing bag with like, you know, baby wipes and pampers. And, and it was a, it was a really big shift. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, like, you know, I've been missing out on this. I've been missing out on this time with my children, which was precious. And this is what they wanted. My kids didn't come to me and go, dad, how much money you've got? They said, Dad, when can we go to the park? Dad, can we do this? Dad, can you come and sit with me? And that was like the thing that was probably heartbreaking for me to realize I hadn't been spending the time I needed with my children. And actually, you know, that was what I got caught up in. Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? It's for my family. But actually what, what was going on was what I thought they needed, uh, what I thought they wanted and what they actually needed was two separate things. So like, my life kind of imploded for a little while. And that was when I just realized I'm not living life according to my values. You know, things are out of balance. And that's when I had to redress things and, and actually just start to, to kind of get that balance of, of being my, with my kids. So for me, it was like going from one extreme to the other. It was like working like a Trojan for a few years, building my wealth. And then it was like taking a few years off. And then it comes to a point now where it's like, how do I do both? Okay. And that's really about having the right mindset and also having the right systems in place, because it's so easy as an entrepreneur to think you've got to do everything, that you're indispensable, that, you know, other people can't do stuff as good as you. You have to get out of that way of thinking and trust people to kind of do things for you and leverage your time. Now, that's that's really the key for it, for me anyway. Brilliant. Um, and Hector, we've had so many interesting conversations over the years because we're both very, very passionate on the topic of relationships, aren't we? Uh, Absolutely. And um, so, so I, I'd love, if, with your permission, just to go back um, to where it all began with you. Um, so tell us about about where you grew up, what your family environment was like, Absolutely. how you evolved really as, as into the person that you are now. Absolutely. So um, my my beginnings were really quite challenging. So I grew up in a single parent family. Uh, we grew up in a council estate in East London. And my parents were immigrants. Uh, you know, dad came over from Bangladesh and lived in the East End of London. My mum was from Sri Lanka. And it was tough. It was a tough grind for them. But they got divorced when I was about five years of age. And I grew up in a single parent family. But that wasn't the tough part. The tough part was my mum had mental health challenges. So it was a violent, abusive environment. You know, it was 
you're walking on eggshells all the time. And, you know, I, I was the eldest of five, so I had a lot of responsibility. So, you know, at the age of five, I was told that I was the man of the house. I had to take care of everyone, take care of my mum. So I didn't really get to be a kid. I had this responsibility that kind of forced me to grow up. So that was kind of what it was like growing up. And um, although my parents had been divorced for a number of years, they were like, they were at each other. They were like cat and dog, for, they'd fight with each other. They'd be, you know, taking us in and out of court. And I think I got to about the age of 15 and my parents had this almighty like battle in court and it really tore us apart. They couldn't see what they were doing. And as a kid, I went off the rails. I went off the rails big time. I kind of just gave up at school. I didn't know how to handle the emotions that I was going through. And I got kicked out of school. I ended up hanging out with all the dropouts. Um, I ended up like, you know, going out and smoking weed and partying and doing all that stuff that I thought was fun. Um, and at the time, I couldn't really see what I was doing, but it was just about, it was just my way of coping with and numbing the pain that I was in. And I eventually got some jobs, but I had no qualifications, no skills, no nothing. So what can I do? I had like crappy job after crappy job. I worked in a, in a Indian restaurant as a waiter. I worked in Sainsbury's, you know, I ended up delivering pizzas for Domino's pizzas. Life was pretty crap back then for me. And, um, you know, the highlight of my life was going out partying. So I ended up going out partying at the weekend. Now, bear in mind, this was back in the early 90s. So back then, you know, the rave scene, the whole rave thing was was what was going on. So I was going out raving. Now, it was very easy for me to escalate from smoking weed to, you know, taking ecstasy. And that was kind of my drug of choice. And it was another way of escaping the pain. It was another way of escaping the crappy life that I was living. And, you know, one day I partied a little bit too hard. I nearly OD'd on ecstasy. And that was the wake-up call for me because... You know, when your life flashes before your eyes, you kind of wake up and go, hang on, what am I doing here? Why am I messing around with the people I'm messing around with? And it was at that point I decided I had to kind of level up. I knew that I was better than what I was doing and the people I was hanging around in. I don't mean that in an arrogant way. I just knew, knew that there was something better for me. It was at that point I decided to kind of work and like, you know, kind of level my life up, so to speak. So I ended up kind of taking a management job and you know, I ran the, the, the pizza store I was in and eventually I, I, I became a mechanic and I got into the motor trade and I had various businesses and I ended up uh, eventually getting involved in property. But it took me time. I ended up uh, I ended up meeting a landlord when I was quite young and uh, I actually rented a property for him. And I remember when he first came around to pick up the mail, I remember thinking he was the landlord's son because he was so young. And it took me a long time to get you know money together and to be able to furnish this place. So when this young guy that kind of knocked on the door one evening to pick up his mail was there and he was like, you know, about a year or two older than me, it really rattled me. I was like, how the hell is this guy my landlord? What I found out was that he inherited some money. He went and borrowed some more money from his father and he went and bought a property from auction, refinanced it, pulled all his money back out and, you know, became a landlord. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I then learned he repeated this process like four or five times, you know, had five properties. And I thought, okay, that's it. I'm going to go become a landlord. But it took me 10 years to buy my first property. And the reason for that is because all of the stuff that I had growing up in terms of my childhood, all that stuff creates trauma. When you're in a situation where you don't get your needs met, you know, you're in that kind of abusive environment, you end up having limiting beliefs about yourself, limiting beliefs about your self-worth, your abilities and what you can do. And you end up having a series of core wounds about yourself. So what that really meant was I knew I could do it, but part of me was sabotaging myself or I wouldn't take action. I would kind of go around in circles. Eventually, I did manage to get my first property. And it took me, uh, I think it took me about eight years to buy three properties. And it was at that point I was doing things the old way. It was a very slow way of, you know, raising deposits, saving up and, 
you know, it was very slow. And I, I wasn't educated that, at that time in terms of property. I was just doing the things that everyone else was doing, which was watching programs like Homes Under the Hammer. I think it was Property Ladder. So I knew those very vanilla strategies. And then in 2010, something happened which really kind of shook my world upside down. A, a very close friend of the family passed away, and it was very sudden, very tragic. And she left behind three young kids and, the, you know, and a loving husband. And the, the, the family were absolutely devastated. And this was really close to home because I started to see the pain that these kids were going through losing their mum. And it brought up my pain of not having a parent around, you know. And at the time I had, you know, my my first daughter, she was about two and a half. And, and that experience made me think, you know, I haven't done enough as a man. I haven't achieved enough and I need to level up my life. And it was at that point I decided to get onto a property mastermind because it was the only way I was going to do stuff. You know, I was working a job. I was commuting from London to Kent uh, and backwards and forwards. It was 90 minutes every day, you know, two or three hours if I got stuck on the M25. I was literally just keeping my head above water financially. And it's, it was quite a scary time. You know, when you've got a kid and you've got a young family and you've got that kind of responsibility and you can't make the kind of money you want, you can't kind of give your family what you really want to give them. You know, as a man, I kind of felt really inadequate. So this experience, plus my, you know, my, looking at my situation was what what kind of propelled me to, to go and join this property mastermind. And at that mastermind, I kind of got myself around the right kind of people, right kind of mindset, people who wanted to take action. And I was like a man on a mission, you know. It was the pain of, I guess, my past, the pain of seeing my friend's uh, wife die, uh, and also the pain of what could happen to my my partner. You know, I remember thinking, what would happen to her and my daughter if I wasn't around? Would they survive? It's actually the wrong question. It's how, you know, they'd struggle. They really would have struggled, both financially and emotionally without me. So that kind of strapped a rocket to my back, backside. I went and learned. I, I kind of, like, pushed myself to learn everything there was to learn. And in that year, I went, in, went out and I bought nine properties individually. I set up two letting agencies and I bought a portfolio of 12. And I, and I basically got myself into a position where we were financially free. And that just changed everything because then we was in a position where we could really enjoy our time together as a family, took all that pressure off. And also, I felt like a little bit peace of mind that if anything did happen to me, that we had enough assets to make sure that my family were taken care of. So that's where it started. A year later, I started mentoring other people, and then I've been running masterminds for about the last decade. But alongside that journey, I think when I got to the point where I, you know, had my kind of episode with 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 ecstasy, um, it was at that point I realized the thing that was very different between successful people and the people I was hanging around with is that successful people thought differently. You know, they thought differently, they acted differently. So from that time onwards, I was also studying psychology. I trained in uh, neuro-linguistic programming. I became a you know, certified clinical hypnotherapist. I studied psychotherapy and all kinds of other modalities for change because partly I wanted to fix myself. I wanted to spit out a lot of the limiting beliefs I had. I wanted to understand how I could get into my mind and free myself from the matrix that I was stuck in. So the more I kind of upgraded my mindset, the more successful I became. And, you know, I worked with various mentors over the years and that's really where we got to. And then I guess in the last couple of years, you know, I, when I when I was mentoring a lot of people, you know, especially in property and wealth creation, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, just making money in and of itself isn't enough. You know, you don't just want to be financially free. You actually want to be emotionally free as well, because I've had a ton of money before and not been happy. So you need to have the you need to have both. You need to have that kind of financial freedom. You also need to have that emotional freedom and you need to have a balance in all areas of your life. So you're living life according to your values. That's how I define living life on your terms. Mm. Yeah, that's really, really powerful, Akhtar. Thank you so much for sharing that, that story. 
and uh, what an incredible um, journey and, and what an amazing result to have done all of that in one year. I know that you won that mastermind, didn't you? And quite uh, rightly so. Yeah, it was a it was it was a fun mastermind. I think the thing, uh, you know, I I you know, um, I, I, there was a better your best at the end of the year kind of normal thing you find in a mastermind. Uh, you know, won an Audi and everything. It was, it was a great triumph, if you like. But the key thing for me is the biggest the biggest success really was breaking through the limitations of my own mind and the conditioning that I had through my childhood. You know, one of the things that happens is and not many people understand this, but as a child, you know, from the first six years of a child's life, they are going through a stage of psychological imprinting. It's a survival mechanism. So if you go back thousands of years ago, and this is all based on evolutionary psychology, you know, a child's first six, you know, six years of its life, they're in a what's called a hypnagogic trance. It means their mind is open. They're like complete sponges. They absorb everything around them because they learn how to fit in and, and function in society. So it sets up that blueprint. So, you know, where you lived, how your parents treated you, the environment that you was in, that sets up the blueprint for life. Now, if you were fortunate, you had loving parents, you were in the right postcode, you know, you had a privileged upbringing and great, that becomes the blueprint for your adult life. If you're in a dysfunctional family, you grew up in a war zone or there's traumatic experiences, that creates the blueprint for your life. So to be able to get over that stuff and to be able to break through that is probably the biggest achievement out of that. You know, the financial freedom and the wealth is great, but actually to be able to, be able to break through those limitations of your mind and um, to be able to level up in that way, that's probably the biggest achievement. Yeah, and you're going to be inspiring a lot of people, actor, who are watching or listening to this because... Uh, so many people have those limiting beliefs and those challenges that come from their early years. And I know I did as well. And we've talked about that um, in the past. And it can be very, very difficult to actually break out and believe yourself um, capable of, of just, as you said, being the very best version of yourself, right? Absolutely. So, you know, one of, one of the things that um, we do now when, when it comes to some of the mentoring that we do is we don't just people teach people property and business strategies. The biggest thing that we teach people is to understand the psychology of what happens. The minute you do something that takes you out of your comfort zone, it's going to bring all your stuff to the surface. It's going to bring out your limiting beliefs. You know, it's going to bring out bits of your core wounds. You know, those thoughts of, I don't know if I can do this. Maybe it's not for me. Maybe I'm not good enough. You know, maybe I'm not worthy. Even if you're not conscious of this, this stuff is, is there in the background. So when it comes to implementation of strategies, which is one of the things that we do, you know, we can teach people what the strategy is. But 90 percent of what we do is we help people to, to navigate the difficult psychological and emotional changes that people go through and the challenges that they go through. And like especially with what's going on right now with the whole pandemic and the recession, there's a lot of people going through some really difficult times. And if we can help people to understand this is normal, this is natural um, for people to go through this. And one of the biggest things with entrepreneurs is we all want to look like we're infallible. We always want to look like we're smashing it out of the park and we're successful. The reality of it is we've, we've, put, we've got masks on because a lot of times we, we, we kind of base our self-worth on our success. If our business is, is successful and we're doing well and everything's great, we feel great. The minute yeah. we're not, we take it so personally because it's, you know, it's like it's a reflection of ourself. Yeah. So one of the things that we encourage people to do one of the things that we encourage people to do inside our, our academy is to just drop the mask. There's no BS. You can show up however you show up and actually talk about what's really going on. So people end up coming up and going, hang on, look, I'm actually struggling in my business right now, or I've got a cash flow problem, or I've got a staffing issue, or, hey, look, my kid's going off the rail right now, 
or I'm working a lot and my, you know, my wife is like, you know, at me or, you know, hey, you know, I've decided to go into property full time. My husband doesn't quite like it because, you know, things have changed. And if we don't deal with those those kind of things, they're interferences from from us progressing in our business. So we have to take a holistic approach. Yes, indeed. And uh, I know that um, a couple of years ago, Akhtar, um, you and I, well, you encouraged me, but we both got involved in a, should we say, a movement that was really all about connection, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, so we are both obsessed with the topic of relationships and connection. Mm-hmm as well and of course uh, connection it starts off with your connection with yourself but um, it's also about how you connect and how you communicate with other people and that that thing about taking off the mask and actually uh, being if you like sort of naked you know emotionally in front of other people and the power of that I don't know if there's anything that you you'd like to say about that um, obviously we just touched on it but um, yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think a lot of the times we put these masks on as defense mechanisms because what are we really afraid of, right? We're afraid of being judged. We're afraid of being criticized. We're afraid of the, you know, the things that we deep deep down inside believe, you know, we're afraid that our limiting beliefs might be true, that we're not enough, we're not good enough. Uh, you know, whatever it is that we were conditioned to believe, right? We don't want to we don't want to kind of get in touch with the pain of that. So we put these masks up, we put these fronts up to kind of protect ourselves and survive. They're coping mechanisms. That's what they are. So to unmask yourself, it's like taking off the armor, right? It's like it's like really, uh, you know, like a, how a puppy will roll over and sh- expose its soft underbelly. It's incredibly vulnerable. So that's why, why we do it. But the thing is this, if you want to progress and if you want to grow, you need to find someone. It doesn't have to be loads of people, but you need to find someone that you can trust implicitly yeah that isn't going to judge you that isn't going to criticize you that isn't going to say well i told you so you should have done this what we really what we really need is to be around people who can just accept us for where we are in the moment with whatever's going on in our life or in our business and just listen to us and be there and just hold that space for us because what that allows you to do is to drop the mask and when you can drop the mask it gets us past denial which is which is a coping mechanism for us to stop us from feeling the pain that we're in and it's only when you lean into the stuff that's going on in your life right now, you've got to lean into the fear, you've got to lean into the pain, lean into whatever it is you're going. That's when you're going to come out the other side. A lot of times people want to avoid that pain. They kind of want to avoid the discomfort and distract themselves. The problem with that is, you, you, you know, you've swept it under the carpet. You haven't really dealt with what the issue is and you're not going to grow. So you need to find out what it is that's underneath. And once you go to that place, and I encourage people when they come into our academy or if they work with me, Let's just lean into that place. Now, that, that doesn't mean sit in a, you know, in a pit of pain or suffering and just wallow in it. It means go into it and look into it and go, what is there? What is this underneath the surface that's really causing you the suffering right now? It's normally a belief. And the thing that we have to understand is our beliefs generate our thoughts, okay? And our thoughts generate our, our feelings and our feelings generate our actions. So if we can change that thought or uncover that thought, which is normally something that happened in the past that we haven't processed, Really, a, tra- a trauma is actually just something that's unprocessed, an unpre- unprocessed emotion. So if we can come up and like you know bring that up to the surface and go, what is it I'm believing right now in this situation? And then ask yourself, is this absolutely true? Is this ab- are you absolutely certain of this? Okay. And then we start to find counter evidence for that particular belief. That changes how you feel and it gets you past that stuck place. And one of the things I say to people all the time, especially people who work with us or in our community, 
is on the other side of that fear, that pain, whatever that is that you're going through, is a universal God-given blessing because you'll go through it and you'll become free of whatever it is that's causing you the pain and the suffering, and that's going to get you unstuck. So when it comes to implementing stuff in business or when it comes to property, a lot of time people get to a certain place and they get stuck. Now, I call this the four phases of implementation. This is where what people go through. So when people like, let's say they go to a mastermind or they go to, to a workshop or something, they go through like the euphoria phase, which is like, oh, wow, great. I'm at this place, I'm at this course, I'm at this mastermind, and it's going to work. They, they get this full sense of achievement that it's going to work. They then go and do the work and go, hang on a second, this is a bit harder than what I thought, and they get met with resistance. And it's at this point their limiting beliefs come up, fear kicks in, doubt kicks in. Uh, they get distracted by shiny penny syndrome, which is really just wanting to avoid the discomfort and move on to another strategy. But it's here, it's where people like either give up or they, they just go back to what they're doing because it's more comfortable. But this is where you've got to lean in it and you've got to push through it. And with the right support and understanding, you can break through. And once you break through, you go to that next step. Very, 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 very. very uh, yeah, I really, I really. Yeah. And also when you're going through that process, you know, we, we spoke about relationships. You need to have the right kind of people around you it's essential that you rally around the right kind of tribe. I know you've got a great community here, but you need to have people who are going to get you, understand you, but also who are going to understand you from an emotional point of view because, mm -hmm. number one, they're awake enough or they're conscious enough to understand this process or they've been through it themselves so they can support and encourage. And this is one of the beautiful things that we have inside of our academy. We have this very nice family environment that's really, really safe. There's no egos, there's no BS. But there's that safe environment and it is all about the relationships. You know, people feel really safe and it's so beautiful to watch when you see people dropping their masks, kind of being a bit vulnerable, sharing what's really going on. And that's, that's when they can really get the support that they need to get unstuck and move forwards. You know, a, a lot of the time people suffer in silence or they keep this stuff to themselves and they just don't really progress. They go around in circles, they don't progress and they, they kind of wonder why. When you can, when you've got those right kind of people around you, and you've got those people who can be almost unconditional in their acceptance of you and whatever you're going through, and they've got the wisdom to guide you, that's when you're going to progress, and that's when you're going to accelerate, and then you can keep leveling up and reaching your version of excellence, whatever that is, in whatever context of your life you're talking about. Yeah, I know that was incredibly powerful for me when I actually really understood what authentic connection was all about and that transformative power of just being able to tell your truth to somebody who is not going to judge you, um, they, but they also have the wisdom to really understand what you're talking about. It's not therapy. It's actually being in um, a community of like-minded people who all have the same, if you like, the protocols in terms of their behaviour um, and their acceptance and their openness. And that is the thing that, for me, uh, well, as I said, that was very, very different when you and I um, engaged because, you know, a lot of these um, entrepreneurial groups or communities or masterminds or whatever, people are very competitive and they're very closed. I've, I've encountered that as well. Um, and that is really not helpful. So I think um, if you go into an environment where basically you're all chasing the same uh, you know, the outcome, if, if you like, could be reaching excellence or in, any specific outcome. But if you really have that um, openness and that willingness to share your share in a 
whatever's going on, it really is powerful. I think it's incredible. And have people who know how to listen properly and they don't just jump in just because, oh, something that she said now reminds me of something about myself. They actually listen and they know how to listen and how to listen deeply. And I just love that. I just think it's so great. I've always, I've always had that with you, Acta. Yeah, it's it's really powerful. I mean, one of one of the things that comes to mind is, uh, you know, on a on a call once we had a group of people there and people were sharing, and I, I had a call with one of my mentees beforehand, and you know, she was thinking and she got into this kind of mindset that I'm the only person that is going through any challenges. You know, she's looking on social media and everyone looks like they've got their their life together because you know that's all they paint that picture. And she's thinking everyone else has got their life together, but I, you know, my life is a mess and this is what she's going through. What I have to point out to her is whenever you're going to go for any growth, you know, there's always going to be some discomfort and some pain. It's not always, it's not a straight line. There's always going to be course corrections. You know, you're going to go through some turbulence. That's part of growth. That's part of change. You know, you have to, if you want to go from point A to point B, you're going to have to change your belief system and, and your habits and the patterns of behavior and the actions that you take. That's not easy. It's not an easy process. It's not linear. You know, it, it means that you're going to have to go through um, discomfort. You're going to have to go through like those old limiting beliefs surfacing and trying to pull you back. It's not an easy process. And as soon as I told her that, she was like, okay, I got it. And then we got on a call and there are other people that started to share. And I was like, ah, oh, she just shared that to me beforehand. I wonder what she's going to say. And at the end of the call, she just said, you know what? Like, this has made me realize that I'm more normal than I thought. I thought I was the only one that's going through this. And when you see other people that are going through stuff, Hmm. it makes you realize you're not defective you're not inadequate there's nothing wrong with you this is part of being a human being yeah once you understand how human beings work when it whenever it comes to anything that's changed you know any kind of change we don't like it you know we're hardwired not to like change you know it's a survival mechanism it comes back to when we were in caves you stay inside the cave right you, you step out of the cave whatever looks familiar is safe anything unfamiliar <laughs> represents death or danger you know so stay in the cave it's that cave i call it caveman mind caveman mindset when uh when i explain this to people and it's also in my book the code reaching excellence if you understand that we're hardwired to do that you can understand why when we get into situations that are uncomfortable there's change we go through that turbulence we have to learn to override that we have to learn to hack that and not let it hijack us otherwise your brain, that part of your mind just wants to keep you alive. That's it. It doesn't want you to thrive. It doesn't care. It just wants to keep you alive. So we have to learn to hack that and override that. And also when you're in that situation where there's other people going through that stuff, people are openly going, hey, look, I got out of my comfort zone. I got scared when I went to, you know, um, call this vendor. I got scared when I went to ask this person to invest with me. You know, I didn't know what to do and I was uncomfortable. Everyone realized this is okay. This is part of being human. And I'm always very open with people that I, I work with in that or, or people in our academy because you know even though i know this stuff i still go through it as well i just know i'm going through it i'm like okay here we are a little bit of turbulence right now but i know on the other side of it is there's there's a gift there's a blessing there's a level up that's going to happen in my life or my business or some area of my life and if you can understand that that's going to make that whole journey so much easier oh it really does and i i totally believe in the transformative power of of connection and i do think what what you um, pointed out about that uh, that woman that felt very very alone and very defective in a way is so common in our society and the reason for that is simply because people don't know how to open up to other people 
Um, and they really do feel this uh, thing that um, John Bradshaw is one of my favorite authors. He wrote this book called um, Healing the Shame that binds you. And it's about carried shame and about yeah. uh, e effectively the shame that we have inherited from our family or people that have done things to us. And we walk around carrying it. And that makes us feel bad about ourselves, which is why we then don't reveal our true selves or our struggles or difficulties to other people. And so it leaves us feeling as though we are the only people in the world with these feelings. And once you actually um, talk openly about whatever those struggles are in a safe environment, then all of that goes away and you suddenly realize, hey, I am as good as all these other people. And, you know, what I'm going through is normal. So, yeah, I, I totally get it. It's, it's great. It, it really is. When when you can be in a group of people who are very accepting or just have one person that's accepting mm -hmm. and you share stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable or vulnerable and it will bring up those feelings of shame, you know, um, we can often feel shame around our performance as entrepreneurs. You know, am I am I smashing it? Am I making bank? Am I making the money I want to make? And if we're not or something doesn't go right, we feel, you know, we can go to that place of not feeling enough and then feelings of shame. But those feelings of shame, they, 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 they've been conditioned, right? So we can uncondition that stuff. We can unlearn that stuff. Yeah. And when we see that we can be with someone or a group of people who can just go, yeah, I get it. And then we don't feel that shame or we're not shamed. It rewires that in our brain. So you then learn it's not you know, we don't have to be afraid of, of whatever it is that we're going to reveal because we're not going to be shamed. We don't have to feel shame around it. And it gets rid of all that shame, which actually holds us back. You know, it holds us back because, you know, it's, it makes us fearful. Yes. And Akhtar, the other thing that I wanted to uh, talk about, which is an, another very, very common problem, isn't it, for entrepreneurs, is this thing about uh, the, the, the people that we are surrounded with at home. So our families, our non-entrepreneurial friends, all the naysayers and the people who wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable taking the kind of risks or pushing themselves out there or working as hard or doing whatever it is that we do. And those kind of people, they might, with the very best of intentions, be very detrimental to our well-being. Um, so how if, if people that are listening or watching are in a situation, say, with a significant other who is not supportive of their entrepreneurial activities, what advice would you give to them right now? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a common problem. I see it like all the time. Sometimes it's significant others. Sometimes it's family members. Mm -hmm. um, so I'll, I'll split this into two kind of two answers. Um, you, you know, one of the things that will happen, this comes back this, this, I guess there's two or three ways I'm going to answer this, okay? The first thing is, if you're surrounded by people who don't get you and they don't understand what you're trying to do, you're likely going to be caught up in people who've got crab mentality, okay? They want the, they want your, the group to stay as it is for their own benefit. The minute you go off accelerating and leveling up your life or your business, you're now operating in a sphere that they can't. And it's an unconscious kind of choice that they make, which is, well, if I can't have it, you can't have it. So they'd be like, Jane, why do you want to do that for? That's a crazy idea. And, you know, you should do this instead. You know, it's them trying to keep you in that sphere. OK, it's mostly unconscious. The second scenario can be, you know, group dynamics or family dynamics. OK, you going off and doing something else can threaten the well-being and survival. And again, this comes back to 
this hardwired survival instinct. So, you know, is, is Jane going to go off and, you know, you know, become a, a multi-billionaire and, you know, are you going to need me anymore? Are you going to be around for us anymore? There's all these kind of questions that people have that they're not always conscious, but these are some of the, some of the reasons that they can sabotage you, you know, they can put doubt. And one of the patterns that I see is people come to me and go, look, my, my partner or my family, they're asking me all these questions because they don't understand things. They don't understand your business. They don't understand your property strategy. They don't understand what you're trying to do. So they're trying to understand it and they're asking all these questions. And the problem is all these questions start to make you question yourself and oh, am I doing the right kind of thing? So it, it's, I think it's important that you restrict what you say to people and, you know, you've got to be really firm with, with people and not let them um, dissuade you from doing what you want to do. You know, the other thing you spoke about significant others. So one of the things that I do as part of my coaching process is I um, to help people navigate the difficulties and the fear and all the challenges that come up when it comes to implementing or putting business strategies in place. You need to have a massive reason why, because if your reason why isn't big enough, then your excuses will be. So part of the process that I go through is I help people to create a really compelling vision for life. And I say to people when I'm mentoring them, look, you know, your business is not the end goal. It's the vehicle to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. And where you want to be is living your best life, whatever that looks like for you. So, you know, if you you know want to be a playboy and you want to be sailing around the world or you want sports cars, helicopters, that, that's what you want to do. If you're happy to kind of plod along and you know, have country walks and, you know, take spend time with your kids or whatever, go on holidays. If that's what you want to do, then that's that's what you want to do. If you want to go off and do stuff for charities, whatever is your best life, that's what needs to be in your compelling vision. So I sit down with people and I get them to create a very compelling vision that's aligned to their core values. Okay. I've worked with loads of people that come to me and go, I've got this great vision board. I've got, you know, I've got a Ferrari on it. I've got this house on it. I've got these handbags and all this stuff on it. And I go, great. Let's go through your core values. And once I elicit their core values, which is asking them what's really important to them, quite often what's on their vision board doesn't line up with their core values. It's stuff that they think they want to have because everyone else says it's good or everyone else in their, their sphere you know, wants to have the Ferrari or the Lambo or whatever it is. But actually what their core values is something completely different. So once you get to the point where you've aligned your vision to your core values, then the next thing is you want to be taking that to your significant other. So... I've sat down and worked with couples and they've said to me, look, my, my, my partner's really not on board with them with this. And I'm like, look, okay, fine. I want your partner to come and get involved in this process. So your business doesn't just bring in money or wealth. It actually supports you and your significant other or your family to have a, co a compelling vision for everyone. Now, once you go through that process and your spouse is bought into that, oh, actually, you know, he or she is out working because they're going to go and bring us the money and the resources resources so we can have this thing that we want for our family this thing that we want for our children this thing that we want to give back to a particular charity once you're both bought in and it's aligned to your values most spouses i've never so far touch wood i haven't had a spouse that's not been on board um you know so that's what you need to do you need to create alignment if, if there is a lack of alignment um between you and your spouse and your goals um then they're going to see that your business is taking them you know or what you're doing is taking uh uh, away from their time and their needs so you need to make sure that they can see the benefit in what you're doing that's going to help them as well as you yeah yeah and um having been on uh, one of your uh, calls actor um you've actually got quite a few couples in your um program haven't you 
Uh, yeah, we, we've got a few few couples there. And like, you know, what what happens is when they go through this process, they really become very aligned. Uh, they become like power couples, you know. Um, you know, they work together. They work really well. There's there's one couple out, you know, uh, I have in mind. They just work really, really well together. Um, and, you know, the, the, all the little things that can be squabbles or little things that can be kind of points of contention, they just go because what you're doing is when you've got an aligned vision as a couple, and you, you know, your your business and what you're doing together um, is for a greater purpose, and you're both bought into that. It then doesn't matter who does what, you know, because it's just in a division of labor. If someone is looking after the children and spending more time with the children, so the other partner can work, it's not like well, you're going out and do your job, and I'm stuck at home with, with the kids. It's actually look, you're you're going out and doing this for us as a family, as a collective, because you know, for the greater good of everyone. So that's one of the things that happens. And I've seen this happen like, you know, time and time again, but you have to be bought into the vision and the vision has to um, accompany both parties' values. So it meets everyone's needs. Mm -hmm. um, so Akhtar, tell us about uh, your academy and, and where did the idea of your academy come from and what does your academy actually do? Yeah, absolutely. So my the idea for my academy came uh, probably just over a year ago, you know, I I decided that, you know, I, I, I'd gone through, I guess as an entrepreneur, I'd gone out and I'd built wealth for myself. I then went out and I helped other people to build wealth. So one of the first masterminds that I ran, I was very much thinking, okay, this is great. Um, you know, I've done well as an entrepreneur in, in property. Let me go out and teach other people to do it. And I just saw this as another business model. And the problem with that is the kind of people that turned up were the kind of people who wanted to just make more money. And I thought, that's okay, but actually that's not enough because I know deep down inside that just making more money isn't the solution. It's not going to solve everything. And what I wanted to do is to actually have a place that was holistic. So it wasn't just about property. It wasn't just about business. It was about mindset. It was about, you know, dealing with emotional mastery. It's about dealing with relationships because I wanted to have a place where people could come, a safe space where they could learn, they could grow uh, they could do their business stuff together, but they could also come and get help and support when it came to the emotional stuff, when it came to conflict with their spouses or, you know, conflict with their other relatives. And, and, and that's what I wanted to do. And I think for me personally, it, it's, it's really my way of giving back. You know, not everyone can afford to go on to, you know, high ticket masterminds. And I believe what we've got, you know, in terms of our model of doing things is very unique and very different. And I think I wanted to just make it very low cost and affordable for people to just come into an environment for them to learn, for them to grow, uh, for them to be able to have access to courses as part of that that monthly subscription, where if I can get someone unstuck and just take that next step forwards, um, that might not necessarily want to come onto a large high ticket mastermind, then I've helped that person. And the kind of people, because of my values and what I'm about, the kind of people that come to me tend to be, you know, people who've got families, people who want to do good, people who want to help other people. So if I can help one person who wants to help someone else, then it has this ripple effect. So this is kind of my way of giving back. And it was the best place for me to be able to serve a large number of people and share my knowledge, my skill, and support those people. So that's where the academy came came about. So in there, we teach property. We obviously teach business stuff. There's a really nice, like, safe, supportive community in there of people. And people can show up in, in any way they need to. You know, we have these we have these kind of coaching calls where people get on. They just drop the masks. And, you know, they, 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 we kind of celebrate your wins. We talk about your challenges and people can drop the masks as well. And they can talk about the deeper stuff that's going on. And it's just a really safe space where people can kind of get past their stuck points 
and just keep doing the work and leveling up. We also hold people accountable. So, you know, what, what are you up to? What have you done? And if people don't get stuff done, we don't break them. We're like, actually, what you stuck with and how can we help you to overcome it? So that's what it's like. It's a really nice, safe community. Uh, and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to have a place where I could really help people holistically in all areas of their life. And that's why we put it together. Amazing. So if I can just just ask, Aptar, how much would it cost for people to join and to be yep. part of yeah, absolutely. So it's it's um, we've got a special kind of offer at the moment because we've only just kind of opened the doors out to people to, to join. Um, it's it's 60 pounds a month. It's gym membership money. OK, what you get for that would be um, weekly calls. Um, there's a the way the academy works. It's like a Facebook group, but it's not on Facebook. So we have our own app. Uh, you can download the app. Um, we've got people that come in, experts that come in and do workshops. Um, we've got training videos, mainly property training videos. Um, you can ask anything. So there's a lot of support. It's a very holistic approach. Um, th that's what it costs. It's gym membership money. So it's pretty affordable for everyone. And we've also got a 14 day free trial uh, coming up. Well, actually it's, it's, it's live now. So there's a 14 day free trial. So it's no brainer money. You come in, you try it out. There's no contract or anything. We actually want the right kind of people to come along because the people that are in there, the kind of people that are contributors, they'll come in, they'll support. They become part of the family, so to speak. So it's important that we have the right kind of people come in, you know. And it's also about doing the work. You know, it's not a place for dabblers. You can't really come and stick your toe in the water. Uh, that's not what it's about. You know, I, I'm i really passionate about helping people to, to, to progress, you know, and get unstuck. So, you know, I'm really, you know, I'm really quite strict on who comes in. I really want people who want to level up, who are serious about doing it. And, you know, myself and the team will bend over backwards to support people who really want it, especially people who are stuck, who are going through challenges right now, because there's a lot of challenges out there right now. It's affecting businesses, it's affecting people, it's affecting people's morale. So we just wanted to make it like very affordable and easy for the right kind of people to come in to get the support they need to be able to do their work that they need to do. You know, I love it when I hear people come back to me and say, look, you know, I took that bit of advice that you gave me and we put this into practice and it's it's helped us or we've got unstuck. That is so rewarding for me because I know what it's like to be stuck. I know what it's like to be in those pain points. I've been there. I've done it. You know, as much as I've been successful, I've had some big failures and I've had a load of pain points in my life. So when I see people stuck, I want to help them. And I, especially one of my pain, one of the things that it's like my pet peeves is when I see people being sold courses or workshops and masterminds that promise the earth, but don't deliver, you know, these people are just trying to get ahead in life. They're just trying to get unstuck. They're just trying to do better for them and their loved ones. You know, we want to help those people, you know, and that's why I'm, I'm I'm kind of saying here, it's only really for people who are serious about doing their work, you know? Yeah, and I think it's great, particularly for early stage uh, property entrepreneurs, because as you said, there are a lot of um, very, very slick marketing machines out there that will take a lot of money from uh, people who are just very, very new and very green to that whole, um, that whole, industry and the thing is it's not an industry for um anybody who is going to just have a dabble and then walk away it very much requires a long-term perspective and to to put one foot forward day after day after day you know just keep going consistently and push through a lot of challenges because it is not easy if it was easy everybody would do it everybody would be financially free it's actually very tough in the early days. And so um, I think the idea of actually having consistent support rather than going and doing, a, you know, some 
weekend course or something is a really good one. That's what I like about it. Uh, absolutely. And that is the difference. It's not, you know, we, it's not a course where people just show up. It's actually about turning up, learning how to do the work and also learning how to overcome the things that are stopping you from doing the work. You know, that's what we're really about. That's that's kind of our slogan, really. It's about doing the work so you can level up and reach your version of excellence. Thank you so much. Actor, it's been such a pleasure to have you here tonight. It's been a privilege. Thank you so much. Always great to, to connect with you. And um, uh, I just wanted to say thank you to some of our, our listeners as well that have been live. So we've got Dan, we've got Jeffrey. Leo, it's great to see you. So I'm just having to peep over um, here. We've got Jitesh. Uh, okay. And... Uh, yeah, Jitesh has actually got a question um, for you, Aktar. Yeah, please. Who were your mentors? I've had many mentors. Um, is there is there a specific area that you want me to talk about, Jitesh? I, I, whilst whilst you're coming back to me, I've had many mentors. So I've had many mentors in property. Um, I've had many mentors in. Um, when it comes to mindset. So there's there's a lot of mentors. I, I'm a big believer in investing in yourself. I mean, I've probably spent somewhere around about 400 grand on my education because I've always got a good return on investment. So, you know, I've, I've worked with various mentors in psychology when it comes to NLP. So if Jitesh can be a little bit more specific as to which area, I'd, I'd be happy to share with it. Otherwise, I'll be reeling loads of people off. <laughs> Well, Jitesh and I have actually been working together on uh, my um, accelerators, which is to do with um, finding your ideal investor. Um, oh. So, yeah, he's a probably guy, and I know that he, I'm sure that he would love to have a conversation. I, with him. I'd sure. love to. I'd love to. So now I know Jitesh's property. So I've worked, you know, back, back in the day, sort of 10, 12 years ago. Um, some of my early mentors were people like Palmdeep Videsha, Hanif Khan, uh, Richard Shepard, uh, just to name a few. Um, I've done a lot of the, you know, a lot of the kind of courses that were out there back then with various people that aren't so public and visible now. So that's some of the people that I've done some property stuff with, Jitesh, if that's uh, of help. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, Akhtar, just once again, I just wanted to say thank you very much for joining us tonight. And um, thank you to everybody who's tuned in and stuck with us. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the interview and we'll look forward to seeing you again soon i'm sure actor thank you thank you jane take care everyone bye for now bye-bye thanks for listening to the smart connector podcast if you've enjoyed this episode why not head over to janebaylor.com and order a copy of my free report on building your personal brand i'd love to connect with you on social media and finally, don't forget to like and subscribe to my podcast so that you never miss a show. Thanks for listening in and see you soon.